In this podcast, I chat with Rupert Dean, the founder of Tutter. Born in New Zealand, Rupert grew up with dyslexia and relied heavily on visual learning. Having had many jobs, Rupert found his calling in the use of visualization techniques to solve problems. The emergence of augmented reality changed all of that. And in this, Rupert saw the transformational potential to blend the digital and physical worlds, making information more visual and contextual. Flutter is a world-first platform to use augmented reality to transform the customer experience and products at every stage of the product lifecycle. Rupert shares his journey to Flutter in this podcast with us. All right, let's do this. We're here with Rupert Deans. How are you? Yeah, really well. Good to be here. Yeah, great to see you. So Rupert and I have known each other for a long time now, at least a few years, and kind of catching up before this around kind of where it all started. But um, before we do that, obviously, uh, Rupert runs a business called Platter. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll hear more about that in a second. What we do want to know, though, is tell us your story. Where did you come from? What does it all look like? Take us back to uh, baby Rupert. Back, back, back to the old, good old days. So um, obviously came from New Zealand, uh, Australia's motherland, <laughs> um, and from Christchurch, Shake City. Okay. So grew up on the farm. Yeah. Uh, little farm boy. Um, I guess as a child, uh, I had dyslexia and ADHD. Okay. So I was a complete nightmare. Yeah. Um, for my parents. <laughs> so you're a great student then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I um, went through the schooling system and um, back then um, ADHD wasn't, uh, dyslexia wasn't recognized mm. as a, you know. Yeah. A learning disability, yeah. um, and so struggled through that and ended up dropping out of uh, basically school um, and kind of finding my th- way through a number of different careers. Okay. So I was a professional chef. What year did you kind of stop school? Ah, uh, jeez, no. Um, it's 99, I think it was. Okay, and so high school? Yeah, yeah like high school. Halfway yeah. through high yeah. school, yeah, you exactly. just like, I'm yeah. done. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. so, um, yeah, did that and then, you know, basically did everything, you know, retail, managed retail stores, yeah. event management company, became a you know, fully qualified chef. Okay. Um, do apprenticeship? Yep. Yeah. 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 Nice. And so ran um, a couple of Italian restaurants. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, farming and just everything. So okay. that's great kind of background, yeah. retail sales, tele sales, you know, learned to hustle. Yeah. And so then basically... Uh, <sighs> When I was trying to set up my business, I got really frustrated with um, all the de- like creating a logo and design and branding. Yeah, it was a bit of a mission, and mm-hmm. everyone looked pretty shit for yeah. the price you paid. Um, so I thought, well, I'm going to set up a design agency. So went out, found somebody that had obviously all the talent that I didn't have, mm. and partnered with them and set up um, a company called Visualize. It was a, okay. one of the first design agencies yeah. I had. And then that's your first business. Yeah, it was my yeah. first. Okay. How old were you that? Uh, oh, early twenties. Okay. Yeah. yeah cool. So. 21 maybe frustrated 21 year old yeah, yeah exactly just kind of like let's yeah. do this better exactly yeah cool so did that and then um, after a while obviously the interwebs coming through mm. something increasing so okay. got into digital um, doing apps and things and using flash back in the days um, and then I was like right there's a massive opportunity to create the first digital agency um, here in New Zealand so we created a company called One Fat Sheet mm. uh, we do website development application development gamification transmedia um, all these kind of emerging technologies at the time. One fat sheet. Yeah, one fat sheet. And then after a while, um, we came across one of my lead producers came to me and said, "Look, Rupert, I've got this amazing new piece of te- technology. You got to check it out." Um, yeah. So I held up a smartphone over a piece of paper and not popped a three D house. And mm-hmm. I thought, "Wow, I've seen this in Minority Report. I've seen this in Terminator. Yeah. What is it?" And obviously, went to a place called Auburn Reality. 
And so at that point, I knew it was going to completely transform my other world, the way we learn, the way we engage, the way we buy. Yeah. Um, but the problem with any emerging technology is you need to have to prove out the value and utility of it. Yeah. And this is almost you know, obviously 10 years ago now, before Facebook, Apple, Google, Microsoft, you know, jumped in and enabled yeah. what we have today. Um, so we went to a company called Hell Pizza, New, New Zealand's largest pizza franchise, and said to them, look, why don't we um, look at transform your customer experience and build mm-hmm. a 3D zombie shooter game on your pizza box. <laughs> nice. like, why not? They're always why not? pushing boundaries. So yeah. we went up and basically built this uh, game where you scan the top of the pizza box, up comes the 3D world, you shoot the zombies, okay. the more zombies you kill, the more prizes and uh, rewards you unlocked. Yeah. And so we sold $2 million worth of increased pizzas for them at $80 price point. We had wow. 40,000 downloads of the app within two months. That's the so eighth most downloaded app in New Zealand above okay. Facebook and above Trovi. And so was that through an app themselves for the pizza yeah. company? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So it went nuts. And then we had like brands like Hermes, Red Bull, Westpac, Price yeah. Warehouse, you name it, coming in saying, look, how do we create our own experiences? But the yeah. problem was it cost a lot of money, it was time consuming, hard to create, hard to manage, and hard to deploy. Yeah. Now I've seen the same thing with websites and apps as they start off very bespoke and customized. And then over time they got commoditized by platforms like Webly, Wix, Squarespace, WordPress, you know, yeah. website builders. And so I thought, okay, this has happened before. Mm. The same thing's gonna happen again. Yeah, sure. Why not create an enablement platform to make it simple and easy for anybody to be able to create, manage, and deploy these experiences? So that's where the idea for Platter was born, to create the world's simplest AI creator. Yeah, cool. So nice. that's um, kind of, that's where, where the, the foundation for the idea for the business came from. Yeah, and Platter was, what, 2015, was that before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So that was kind of when it was officially formed. So. Yeah. Um, started doing a bit of work um, building MVP through uh, my old agency um, One Fat Sheep and then transferred out of that to a new company yeah. and then we built a off the back MVP took it to the market got real you know, pretty amazing traction um, and then we were like right there's a business in this yeah. we need to go and raise some capital yeah. so we went out and raised 1.1 million um, led by our News Corp Mm-hmm. Um, and then basically built the whole platform and uh, came up with a go-to-market strategy mm-hmm. and took that out. And then after a while, we started seeing, I guess, again, trying to, AR was still finding its way and what, yeah. figuring out what the real value and utility beyond just mm-hmm. marketing gimmicks was. Yeah, indeed. And so we started seeing brands and retailers that were trying to basically virtually put the product in the customer's hands. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, right, there's a solid user case that makes sense, it solves a problem. Yeah. And there's a real utility in it. And so we doubled down and started focusing on that. And then since we've done that, we've had, you know, a 500% growth um, this year. Um, That's fantastic. And by, um, yeah, enabling retailers and brands to, uh, yeah, uh, achieve that um, outcome. Yeah, so as a retailer, walk me through that experience. So how do, like, that yeah. customer journey, what does that look like? Yeah, so yeah. Um, as a retailer, um, I can basically enable my customers to be able to either We'll go through two scenarios. Yeah. One thing is I'm, I'm in store. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have to hold 150,000 product SKUs in my store anymore. Mm-hmm. I can have one couch and then I can augment you know, 20,000 color variations mm-hmm. and show the customer what all those color variations look like in store. Yeah, cool. So that's massive. Yeah, I can cool. also then go and configure it. So I, can go, mm-hmm. I don't like those legs. What would it look like if it wouldn't? Yeah. And okay. so again, um, meaning you can close the customer there and then. The other cool thing is with Open Reality is one of our clients we're working with at the moment, they said the product looks better in open reality than the physical stuff before <laughs> because of the lighting and the conditions yeah. it wears over time. Okay. So there's associated benefits like that. Yeah. So that's one. So it's the in-store experience and then I can go home. 
I can go to a website, I can see a product I like, and then I can virtually put it into my room. So we're working brands like coffee machines, like mm. Mamazoko, okay. um, you know, like beds, like snooze, yeah, so okay. I can see what it looks like in my, um, my own environment prior to purchase. And does it replace your bed? Like how does that work from there? Yeah, so just yeah. overlays it in the, okay. the environment. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. So yeah, it's just the, it's the way we're gonna shop in the future. Yeah. So exciting. Yeah. And so you said you've done one raise and that was kind of led by yep. um, News, News Corp. Corp. Yep. Yeah, cool. That's kind of the one raise you've done. Yeah, and then How we're currently experience? raising at the moment. Okay, as excellent. Well. So, so round two? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. So that was our pre-seed, now we're doing a seed round. Yeah, yep. excellent. And from a raising perspective, uh, obviously a lot of our listeners are kind of interested in that kind of raise or have raised and yep. kind of share a lot of war stories in yeah. that kind of period. So um, kind of what was that experience for you? Obviously first time raising oh, capital. Man, it's a of learning yeah. process. Um, it's a tough kind of roadshow oh, oh, yeah. to go through. Yeah, it was like six months, you know, we thought it'd be three. Yeah. Um, pitching, you know, constantly, um, probably having the wrong pitch now yeah. in hindsight yeah. um, to a lot of people. Yeah. But again, that's how you learn is by just getting out there and putting in front of people and then taking the feedback on board. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then, yeah, I guess in the end, we're lucky because one of my clients we're working with were REA, mm-hmm. um, this guy Nigel Dalton. Okay. Um, he's a champion, mentors. Just one of those good, good dudes. Yeah, Kiwi mafia. Good humans in here. Good humans, yeah. exactly. And um, so he uh, took us through um, into um, into News Corp, and then said, yeah. look, this is what these guys are doing. You might be interested in this, and mm. so he introduced us that way. So funny how those little things happen. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And um, right, those right, situations, right exactly. Yeah. So that kind of um, how we how we got it away in the end. But yeah, it was um, yeah, it was definitely a good. Uh, yeah, lesson and what yeah, to do and what not sure. to do. Capital raising is always one of those things, like you said, people it takes much longer um, yep. than people anticipate or appreciate. Definitely. Um, and can just keep going and yep. going and going. And you and kind of all your leads that you think are really hot end up being really cold. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yep. it's just a big, arduous process. And the whole, there's a shift, it's shifting constantly in terms of the expectations around what, yep. uh, what scale and size of business it needs to be at to be able to you know attain certain money yeah, so definitely. like right now we're told you know if you go out there and you've reached a minimum 50,000 a month you'll yeah. be able to get a series A raise and yeah. then you go back to the same people <laughs> you know, six months later and they're like yeah. oh no it's actually changed it's yeah. now 100,000 a month <laughs> yeah. but thanks so keep money. going yeah. exactly so um, it, it, it is a challenge um, and sometimes it's just easier to focus on just building the business first yeah. and then yeah, like you can not lose crazy. a lot of time by um, oh, definitely going. Yeah. You know, I often say you have to see often a decrease in revenue yeah. for the months that you are capital raising yeah. because you spend so much time capital raising. Exactly, that actually you're less focused on your business. That's oh, a huge. And as a result of that, kind of investors kind of go, oh, well, your numbers are down. You're like, yes, because I'm spending so much time with you, exactly. trying to make this deal happen. Yeah. it's pretty amazing um, to kind of see. And people often don't expect that. Yeah. nor do they forecast it actually. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a huge consideration. That's mm. a challenge that we're facing. Yeah, and it's quite a difficult climate to raise capital anyway. I mean, oh, you know, $1.1 million is a very, you know, it's a large raise. It's yeah. not 100 grand. Oh, no. Um, so yeah. there's a collection of people there that kind of need to go to, which is quite difficult. Yeah, I mean, there's only probably two um, VCs yeah. or um, almost kind of professional angels, mm. yeah. um, companies that kind of specialize in that, that mm. uh, between pre-seed, seed and series A rounds yeah. in Australia. Yeah. There's just nobody out there doing it. Yeah. Whereas if in the States or Asia, there's a heap more options. It's a million dollars just for an idea, right? Exactly. Let alone yeah. an executed idea that has revenue and runs on the exactly. board with clients. Yeah. yeah. So it's just a different environment to raise in and that's like one thing we have found frustrating is that yeah. got good, good fundamentals, good business model, mm. you know, right traction, everything you need. It's just yeah. there's not the right people out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
So tell us Platter again. So give us a snapshot of the business now. So obviously when I met you, you know, what, four years ago now, obviously yeah. a very different business now. Yeah, definitely. What does the team look like? Who's in it? What do yeah. they do? Yeah, so basically um, we've got our engineers, obviously yeah. that work on the product roadmap. Um, we've uh, recently, uh, not recently, a while back, we bought in a CPO, um, this guy Romney. Um, okay. He was ex founder of a big company called Whisper. Mm-hmm. Um, he's completely transformed our business in terms yeah, cool. of the roadmap and things, so really good to have him. You know, obviously need the right people on the team, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the bus. Um, and then we've obviously got our producers yeah. um, that onboard all our customers, um, and then sales and marketing function yeah. um, as well. So just those, I guess, all the key pillars. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the team have been with us pretty much since day one, so it's good. Most of them are still around, yeah, um, and cranking through. Um, and then, yeah, we've because we've found this our right kind of product market fit now. It's just about scaling yeah. on the model, so it's all about sales and marketing now, and going, focusing on a go to market. And that's what we're raising capital for is just yeah. to double down, yeah. getting a lot of inbound. Okay. So it's, it's crazy. Just when you sometimes you look through your calendar and. Yeah, three four years ago, we're struggling to get with these one man bands. Yeah, 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 for sure. And like last week was meetings with um, you know Adobe and yeah. Apple and Just Google and yeah. you know <laughs> um, Country Road and like where were you four years ago when I was trying to exactly uh, these exactly. Yeah. So it's amazing how much these things um, change and yeah, there's really exciting things ha- ha- happening now. Like we mm-hmm. just signed a. Um, EAP with Google, um, yeah, access to um, some of the technology. Yeah, um, so, so things like that happening, and then um, some of these big projects we just signed off from the largest retailers in New Zealand, um, Warehouse Group. So yeah. doing a project with them, and yeah, there's just a heap of um, exciting things yeah, happening. Amounts, yeah, yeah, cool. And your day to day kind of sit as CEO. What does that role look like? Yeah, so um, right now it's obviously capital raising is a <laughs> yeah. big chunk of that. So just. Um, you know, doing a lot of DD um, or can, uh, DD back to investors mm. and things. Yeah. Um, and then separately to that is uh, partnerships. So just continuing to build those relationships mm. with the you know the, all our technology partners, mm-hmm. the Google guys that are really supportive of things. So just yeah. keep on building upon that relationship. And then um, obviously more the enterprise sales side as yeah. well. So just working with our key key accounts and things and make sure everybody's happy. And then managing the team, you know, yeah. team it's management. Things, it's a huge part of it. Yeah, and, um, for sure. Yeah, just obviously driving everybody forward, driving us hard yeah. uh, to make sure we're achieving our goals and our, our OKRs. And yeah. yeah, so how many people are in your team? Uh, right now, there's nine. Yeah, cool. um, and then we've got about fifteen contractors we use. Yeah, yeah. it's a decent sized team. I often say is like that tipping point between kind of zero to five, and then five to ten. Yep. And that ten to twenty actually is a very similar journey. But then yep. once you tip twenty, exactly. it becomes a whole different ball game. Yeah, just like fifty to sixty percent of your day is just managing people. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. You know, it's again underestimated, particularly for the job of a CEO yep. around managing that piece. Yeah. So, yeah, it can be a challenge. It's rewarding, but also challenging. Yeah, I guess yeah. it's personal development that needs to happen to help yeah. become a more effective leader, isn't it? Yeah. You need to kind of work on your own skills. Then. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and you kind of learn as you go, right? Delegation time. You know, somebody like yourself started first business around 21, and yeah. kind of similar when I started mine, you know, kind of your skills you have then to the skills you have now. Exactly. Completely different. Yeah. yeah. And the way you handle those situations. I think that's where it comes back to those mentors and advisors yeah. and things. Like lean on them to kind of learn from their, their experiences. A bit yeah. kind of what I've done to... Yeah, get through today. Get there. Do you do the same thing? Or? Mm, yeah, definitely. I mean, we have an advisory board in our business, and yeah. um, I put that in place uh, about two years ago now. Yeah. We, I'm sole founder, sole shareholder, and so there's no accountability yeah. there for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's like, well, how do I best keep myself accountable? Yeah. As entrepreneurs, we kind of just think we know best. Exactly. And go along with that. Like, no, this is my business, my vision, I'll yep. do what I want. Yep. But actually, you often lose sight of something, or you end up down a rabbit hole. 100%. Or get distracted by shiny disco balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And so it's kind of nice to have that accountability measure in place. And one that I put in myself, it's a yep. paid advisory board. Yep. So, you know, they're not there just to, you know, stroke my ego. Yeah, exactly. They're there yeah, to yeah. kind of be like, this is a dumb idea or yep. why are you doing this or challenge you or, Great. you know, why are your numbers looking like this or why do you spend money on this? And yep. um, not in any confrontational kind of way, but actually just that pure measurement of yep. why is this happening yep. and kind of makes me go every time I make a decision, yep. well, actually, I'm going to be asked about this. Yeah, exactly. Why am I doing it? Yeah, yeah. Um, which just adds a whole new layer, Checks I balances. think. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you grow so much as a person. I, mean, yep. I know as a founder and entrepreneur in the last two years, I've grown tremendous because mm. of having that kind of feedback and bounce back. And just people who didn't call, right? Yeah, exactly. And you go, hey, I'm about to do this. Yep. You know, we don't have a meeting for another kind of couple of weeks, but I really need to make a decision. What do you think about exactly. that? And their job is advisory. I mean, it's not directive and, yep. you know, they're kind of not on the hook for any of those things. Yeah, yeah. I am. But it's definitely important to have that in place. Yeah, no, I have to I did exactly the same thing myself. Yeah. I was like... It was interesting because I thought with raising capital, people, you know, some of our investors might have appointed a director of things yeah. and wanted to hold us accountable, and nobody did. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, okay, I need to do the same thing. So yeah. I appointed an advisory board to hold me accountable and also yeah. to drive me hard and, and challenge yeah. me. So, yeah, I, yeah it's, I think it's a smart thing for people to think about doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in terms of other businesses, this is the one thing you focus on now or are you still doing Yeah, things? yeah, obviously... Um, yeah, you know, when you are a young entrepreneur, you yeah. have everything going on, For sure. and the only way of achieving thing is by focus. Yeah. I, I feel, um, unless you've got a very specific skill set. Um, uh, and so, yeah, this is basically the main thing. There's mm-hmm. a sustainability FMCG piece that my wife's working on at the moment oh, yeah, cool. um, that nice. we're pretty excited by. Yeah. Um, so I'm just helping her guide her through yeah. that. And, but um, yeah. Otherwise, your focus is all things platter. A hundred percent platter. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's definitely for myself in my journey. I kind of appreciate now having one focus just make things so much easier. Definitely. As opposed yep. to like, oh, I want to achieve this and I want to achieve that. Yeah, exactly. I want to achieve this, and you end up being good at nothing. Yeah, exactly. Um, yep. And in fact, you end up losing money and losing business because you haven't just focused on one. Yeah, and credibility. Yeah, yeah. and it's always been the first business that I've started that I've actually gone. This is it. There's nothing else. This yep. is why I'm one focus. Yeah, all in. Um, and it's amazing just how that kind of mindset again just oh, attraction everything you get. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And people, they understand that vision as well and they know you're not choppy. Yeah, yeah that's right. Because they know you're not kind of just trying to hedge your bets in terms of what's going to be better exactly. um, in the long run. That's really cool. Um, this podcast is supported by WeWork, mm-hmm. um, obviously one of the leading global providers of co-working spaces and there are so many in this city and you and I actually met in a co-working yep, space here in Melbourne at the cluster. Yep. Um, I love co-working spaces and yeah. I always say that co-working spaces definitely allowed me to build my business because mm-hmm. it was fry working at the cluster and meeting yeah, people like you yeah. that kind of people gave you that trust. They're like, oh, well, we need somebody to review our terms or we need help yep. with an NDA. And yep. that's really what built my business. Um, without a doubt, I always say, oh, a lot to co-working spaces yeah, across so Melbourne and across Australia because I've been very fortunate to work with so many. Definitely. Um, you're still in a co-working space. So tell yeah. us, obviously, I met you in a co-working space, still yep. there. Same feeling for you? Like kind of appreciate being yeah. in that environment? Oh, 100%. Um, mm-hmm. Where we currently are, YBF, um, yeah, they're a really good community and they uh, do things above and beyond mm. in terms of bringing uh, potential business um, yeah. through to us. Mm. Like some doing some of that BD work as well, so yeah. that's kind of cool. But um, yeah, all those connections and friendships you make as well. There's a lot of um, you know mates and you know a couple of my investors and things now yeah. have come from those early relationships I had when I first came to Melbourne. Mm. Yeah, I didn't have any family here, didn't have any community here, yeah. didn't have any friends here. And so that's my whole network was built off the back of back of that and yeah. Um, so yeah there's some really valuable relationships that have been formed from you know that that, 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 that model so yeah. no I highly recommend it and we're, we're still doing it now and yeah. we'll continue I actually you know in terms of mix, mixing up and always challenging our mm. thinking the culture of the company we tried to actually sh- you know shift between co-working spaces yeah. every 
three four years yeah, yeah. Um, just to get access to new communities and again I think it's just good to always keep challenging yourself in new ways and, and the environments as well and, exactly you know, and the guys at YBF I mean we've had a great relationship with them for many years and yep. doing some great things obviously fintech focused initially and yep. then uh, obviously more broadly technology now Definitely. Um, and it's amazing to see them grow as well oh no I mean, it's gone strength to strength haven't they yeah every co-working space on WeWork's blown up yeah know, yeah they're all yeah they're all crushing it well it makes a good business sense right and for me I say we, we might pay a premium to be here but actually it's an all inclusive cost yep. It also gives us access to a whole range of entrepreneurs and people that we otherwise wouldn't. Exactly. But importantly, it gives us a really nice community. You know, yep. the community team, you know, I think in all co-working spaces, you and I are both member Amber and kind of what yeah, she yeah, yeah. used to do with the cluster. Like, yep. I always have really good memories of that because I always say, well, it's just amazing what a community team can do Definitely. to really bring people together yep. um, and make you feel confident in your business and exactly. make those connections. Yep. Ultimately, that's what I think makes co-working space work and it tick is, yeah. it's that community team because if you're just there doing your work and going home well actually if you do that at home exactly. you might get an offer somewhere yeah. else or yeah just convert the spare bedroom because yeah. you're doing the same thing but if you're coming in taking advantage of that co-working space um, yeah it definitely can provide the benefits in the room. Sure. agree yeah so exciting well, I mean future what did that look like obviously you've had massive growth over the last few years yes um, so about to do an investment round yep and once you you know obviously raise the amount of money you're looking for what yep. does it look like um, so we just opened up a new office in Singapore. Yeah, cool. So um, obviously tap into Asia and things is our yeah. next plan. Um, we've got a huge product roadmap right now that we're obviously building out. Um, so continue to expand upon that. Um, and then, yeah, just basically open up new markets and just keep on growing our, our, our business and mm. get up to our Series A, you know, um, is the plan right now. So yeah. you know, two, 300K MRR yeah. is the goal. Um, and then... Yeah, by that stage, might be looking towards a bit of an exit to somebody. Yeah, yeah, uh, cool. Uh, ideally, um, there's yeah. a few options like that in discussion, early discussions with now. Yeah, so, cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's really exciting. Hopefully, it's the way it goes. Hopefully, it's the way it goes. And, you know, business is not a one-way trajectory. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, exactly. every day is an absolute roller coaster. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, but that's a fun part. Yeah, it's a fun part. And it's really been fun for you know me particularly to watch that kind of journey from you because having known you for a number of years now, it's kind of great to see that kind of, you know, the growth of the business. Yeah, and same with of, you guys. Yeah, the run rate of just kind of people coming on board and going through that piece. So, yeah, um, yeah so congratulations. No, it's thank really you. exciting. Yeah. I appreciate you taking time to be on this podcast. Yeah, good to catch um, up. It's one, great to catch up, uh, but also two, just great to learn and hear from another founder doing really cool things in Melbourne. So, Likewise. thanks so much. Thanks, mate. Cheers. See you soon. Have a day. Bye.